Hi, I'm Jennifer Isabella. And I'm Carrie Johnson. Your co-host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the major changes in the market influencing executive priorities. Just a quick note to our listeners, if this episode sounds different to you, that's because we're recording outside of our studio practicing social distancing. Today, we're joined by Vice President and Principal Analyst, James Staten, to discuss the connection between being adaptive and enterprise speed and the CIO's role in both of those things. Welcome, James. Thanks so much for having me. So, James, I'm going to start maybe at the tippy top or the highest level. Why is being adaptive so important today, right now? It is so critical that organizations recognize what their customer needs are that are changing and that they get there as quickly as possible to those changes so that they're not disrupted by other firms who are doing it faster than them. Is there a reason that that is different today than, say, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago? Yeah, absolutely. Being in the digital era that we're in, customers are finding new capabilities and functionalities that they can do through their mobile phone, through their websites and so forth. And they want responses faster. And this is also why so many companies for so many years have been prioritizing digital transformation. But you can't just be focusing on the fact that you are needing to do digital transformation. Make sure that you're able to do digital transformation faster than your competitors because everybody's investing in digital transformation. How would you define being adaptive? Because I feel like oftentimes folks use adaptive and agile interchangeably. Are they the same thing? What do we mean by that? And in light of current events, what does that mean? Yeah. So the key to being an adaptive enterprise um, is to keeping pace with your customers' needs and changes and addressing um, changing market uh, requirements as well, which may not be articulated by your customer, but things that you see are changing in this market that you need to overcome. And a really good example of that is what all of us are dealing with right now with this horrible virus situation. Tons and tons of people working from home. Well, what is your company doing to allow your customers who are having to work from home to be much more effective? I think there are um, a lot of neat things actually currently happening. Neat is probably not the best word in this environment, but watching the ad- how adaptive companies can be in in this moment to things like work from home, but also even to business model shifts. I mean, restaurants are shifting their business models. Um, Small businesses in this moment seem to be the most agile, actually, not necessarily only when it comes to technology, but also in business model pivot, which is fascinating because it would seem usually that the companies with the most resources would be able to do that. Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought up that example, because that really speaks very much to why it is so important that as you make this shift to being an adaptive enterprise, you don't just rely on your IT department and your marketing department to come up with new digital services that you provide, but that you make sure that your finance team is okay with these changes, that you make sure the operations team is okay with how this is going to change, how we bring things to market and how we do them, and that your sales teams see the empowerment and see how they are enabled to deliver these capabilities to the customers that need these values now. Yeah, I think that also speaks to alignment, right, James, that things aren't happening within a silo within your organization, that you're connecting the piece parts of the entire customer's experience so that one piece of the organization is not going off in one direction while another is going off in a different 
Exactly right. And because so many business units um, have their KPIs very focused on tactically what we need to do right now, when they see another business unit has created something that's actually going to disrupt that, they are like, no, we're not going to support it. No, you can't do it. Um, and that holds back these kinds of innovations and these kinds of changes that are necessary to carry it forward. Knowing that to be true, I mean, what needs to be true on the ground for a firm to be adaptive? Are there certain foundational elements that need to be in place or characteristics that we should be looking for in firms that are more adaptive than others? Yeah, and there's two key factors that are really critical. Number one is your company needs to be customer obsessed. Make sure that when you start making these kinds of changes, that you make it clear to the rest of the people in the company, we are doing this because of this input we're finding from our customers and from these changes that are happening in their lives. This is why all of us need to support this and carry this forward. And then to go along with that, how do I make sure that all of my teams that have not been driving these kinds of things before are not 100% focused on the tactical things we do now? How can we provide them with KPIs and how can we help them prioritize participating in these kinds of things that shift our company into the position of being the adaptive enterprise and driving things forward? Um, and there's multiple ways to achieve that. Um, but what's most effective is to find what best aligns with each of the different business units. And a good example of this is that where IT and marketing have had the best success is that they have been using agility to achieve this, which allows them to, as they get feedback from the customer that they need to change this application, and they, will, they can make those changes within hours and deliver them within days to, to the customers. That may not be the best way to change the pricing model of the things that you're offering. That may not be the best way to change what should be put into what factories um, in our facilities um, and how should we change what sales gets measured on. Well, in those cases, you still need to make those kinds of changes, but you won't be using agility to do that. You have to find different methodologies that align best for those other business units to see what it takes for them to do things with more speed. Some of your comments remind me that you've written a lot of really outstanding research on innovation portfolios. And I and I think about that when you talk about showing the business how you can evolve and shift for customers. And I'm wondering if you might talk about the intersection of some of your ideas around innovation as it relates to this particular topic. Yeah, I'd be glad to do that. Um, and again, this aligns very much with customer obsession. Because as you go down the path of innovations, make sure that you gather as much outside-in views of what your customers' needs are and how they are changing, and then that you empower everyone in the company, not just R&D, not just IT, but all employees to look at that information and come up with ideas about what are the changes and enhancements that we should do. And this is a great way to deal with some of the speed problems inside your company, because if you have somebody in finance, for example, who came up with a great idea of something new that we should offer, and then your R&D team proved that it was true, now you have a champion inside of finance who can go back to that department once the innovation has been validated and verified by the customer and can say, look, guys, here's what we should do. Here's why we should do it. Here's how many customers it applies to. And here's what I think we should do in terms of the pricing model for this innovation to carry it forward. So, James, can we dig into the, this concept of enterprise speed? Is there a specific definition that you want to be 
pointing listeners to on this terminology? Yeah, yeah. So Forrester defines speed as the ability to marshal resources across your organization to quickly identify, create, and bring to market innovations in products, organizational structures, and business models. And the key factor, of course, here is across the organization. And it's not just you know, setting what are the metrics to do that, but empowering them to help drive this. Have you seen examples of organizations that are doing this well, doing that empowering piece in particular? Because I'm really curious what that looks and feels like inside of the org. Yeah, where we've seen a lot of these successes have occurred very much in financial services firms. It isn't that the customers want to walk away from the types of financial services they provide, but they do need to hear from their financial services peers about what can I buy more effectively? What can I use more effectively? How can I you know, keep my money, but still do the things I need to get done? And as a result, we have seen them driving substantial innovations where they have been showing that we're not just going to give you a credit card, but we're going to give you discounts here. We're going to help you see when they're coming and where they should be applied and how they should be done. And while these things are not necessarily what you've expected from us in the past, now that you see what we are doing, now you can do so much more and prefer to use our credit card than to use anybody else's, as an example. We're seeing similar moves um, in the uh, entertainment industry where more and more people in the entertainment industry are starting to realize that we are not just going to have, as one example in the film industry, everybody watching the movies um, by going to the theater. And no, they're not just going to go onto Netflix and do it. How is it that we can make sure that they can have good experiences with our stuff and they can learn about the new films we're working on and they can you know, give us feedback on, on the contents and that will prioritize what movies and what kind of things we should focus on going forward much more effectively by allowing them to get to our content and view it on their mobile devices, on their phones, in their cars, and in, in all these other circumstances. Who's driving enterprise speed within the firm? I mean, that's a basic question, but is that the CIO? Is that in partnership? Is that the executive team broadly? Like in some of the examples you just gave, James, is that a bottoms-up thing that's happening within these organizations where frontline folks want to be delivering things in a different or more quickly, more efficient way? Where is this sort of emanating from? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Drivers of this are typically the chief technology officer, but they oftentimes are the CIO. But what holds back CIOs from being the leaders here is oftentimes when they are viewed by their C-suite peers and by their CEO as just the tactical managers of how our company uses technology applications. The most effective CIOs um, are the ones who have positioned themselves as the people who drive digital transformation for their companies. Um, And so that's really important for CIOs to ensure that they are positioned that way and that they are very clearly um, communicating that to their peers so that they gain that understanding. That makes a lot of sense. And I can see in the examples you gave too, financial services, entertainment, those companies are adapting because they're being disrupted. And I have to imagine that the transformation or even the enterprise-wide enablement, as we were talking about, of agility is driven truly by the CEO in those cases, right, as a fight for your life kind of situation. Yeah, it's good that you brought that up because it is unfortunate that most companies, from their innovation perspective, prioritize responding to people who disrupted them. 
to be a much more effective adaptive enterprise, take the insights you're getting from their customers and you be the disruptor. You be the one who proactively addresses what your customers are looking for. And that's what more and more companies are now having to do. And the ones that are achieving the greatest success are the ones who have made that shift. So how are you seeing these tech leaders within firms or even, you know, carry to your point, the C-suite bringing their peers along or different departments or business units along for the ride here, so to speak, ensuring that everyone's on board with this concept of enterprise speed and the benefits that it can have for customers, but for the firm as well? Yeah, what we find is most effective is to conduct innovation programs inside your company where you gather the information about what your customers are looking for and what changes are occurring in the market that you need to help overcome, and then allow all employees across the company to come up with ideas about what we should do, and then select which ideas you want to carry forward, and then make sure that the people that came up with those ideas are empowered to participate in that program and carry it forward. And more often than not, these innovations are technology-driven because they're recognizing that there is you know, services and capabilities that we have in technology or emerging technologies that we can leverage that will help us build out these innovations and carry them forward. And obviously with these innovations, since you haven't brought them to market yet, you're just prototyping them and you're just testing them with certain customers, it's very easy to apply agility to the iterations of these things. Once they have been verified and validated by the customers that this is what we need, that is when you need organizational speed, where you need all the other departments to see, ah, this innovation has been verified. Ah, we need to make these changes. Now I understand why we need to make a pricing change for this. Now I understand how we need to take this out and make it happen. And one of the best ways that companies are achieving this um, is to copy a model that was presented by Amazon, who of course has been a huge innovator for many, many years, especially disruptive innovations. And it has created a model for innovation iteration that they call the two pizza team model. And the key here is to recognize that when you work on these innovations and you work on these changes, Make sure that you don't have way too many people participating in this, that it's so hard to move quickly. Start with a small team, the amount of people that would be able to have a meal and and would only need two pizzas to do it, which is six to eight people, um, and have them not just be an R&D, but be all the people who have knowledge about and have been the champions of this particular idea. Have them work together on bringing this thing forward. And then once it has been proven successful and they need to now get all the business units to buy into this, now you have champions from those different business units who are going to be way more effective in getting their business units to see the change that's necessary and will help them explain what changes we need to do rather than just have R&D try to make the case and for everybody to look at what R&D does and say, that's not how we do it in this business unit. Come on, go away. That was actually my initial reaction when you started to talk about innovation labs and teams. Um, as you explained it, it got clearer, but my sense was that a lot of those innovation labs early on became this sort of tacked on, bolt on innovation group that was producing neat things and had some neat showcases, but really weren't connected enough to the business. So it sounds like those have evolved. Absolutely. Yeah. And another key aspect that the, the, the leading adaptive enterprises are also doing is that they're making sure that when they work on their innovations, they're not just involving their own company and their own employees, but they are also partnering with ecosystem members 
And in many cases, partnering with startups who can help them bring some of these solutions to market. And this is especially true when you are working on an innovation that positions you as the market disruptor, because it might be hard for you to overcome the tactical people inside of your company as you're trying to verify and validate the solution. And if you can partner with a third party or a startup and they can help bring it to market for you, this can provide the full validation of what you're doing. But you don't want to just hand it off to them and let them leave. You want your company to benefit from it. Something that you were saying earlier, James, I think sort of hits on a level of transparency that maybe some firms may not have, right? Like opening up some of these data points or participation from across different departments or or business units in these innovation efforts. So can you talk a little bit about how firms have done that successfully, aside from having maybe like some incubation or innovation lab type models? Yeah, and this is where the two pizza team model has proven most successful in organizations, because when they come up with the idea, they don't just have the R&D on its own work on these things. They make sure they get the other departments, teams involved so that they know what are the changes are we going to need to make to accomplish this objective. One area where we're seeing a lot of success in this is in the transportation industry, and not just in the car industry, but in boating um, and and, uh, air travel and other circumstances as well. Because obviously the benefits that they want to provide are not just um, a mobile app change or something you put into your website, but they're changes in what you do in the vehicle and what, what is it enabled. And one of the big areas where we're seeing significant investments in this is in um, IoT, where they're putting sensors and capabilities in the vehicles to be able to identify how can we improve the experience of everybody who's in this, not just the drivers of them, but also the passengers of them, um, and make sure that they see the benefits that come from this. So lastly, James... What would your advice be for a CIO looking to drive enterprise speed across their organization? Yeah, this is really important that the CIO engage with the CEO and the board to make sure that across the entire company, there's the prioritization of speed. Because it's so important and so easy for the CIOs um, and the board members to get the other C-suite executives to see how important this is and how by going down the path of speed, we are repositioning ourselves for future market leadership and that we at the top of the company are putting that as a higher prioritization than you may perceive it to be. We do still want to meet our quarterly numbers, but we want to make sure that in 2025, we are still the number one provider in this market. Great, thanks for joining us today, James. Thanks so much for having me and thanks for bringing this topic forward for our customers. Thank you, James. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.